Mexico to LA. Covering the beautiful game from all angles. Welcome to Golteca. And now your hosts, Vince LaRosa and one of the founding fathers of American soccer, the most capped, Kobe Jones. All right, ladies and gentlemen, when you have an intro like that, it means it's time to get down to business. Welcome to Golteca and welcome the legend, Kobe Jones, joining me on this one. Kobe, how are you enjoying MLS is back? That's, that's going to be my first question off the top for you. <laughs> how am I enjoying it? I'm just happy soccer's back in general, you know, and the fact that MLS is back. I mean, that that's something spectacular. I think it's uh, it's been way too long, man, you know, <laughs> so it's good to see it. Uh, you, you and. When I say it's been way too long, you can see that it's been a long time for the players as well. A little bit of a little bit of rust here and there, but that's okay. Yeah, if I can imagine where I where I'm at and when I'm looking in the mirror, I have a feeling those players are feeling a little bit rough at this moment. <laughs> yeah, w- without a doubt, I can only imagine of having. I mean, think about it. You're you're starting the league. You know, you play a few games and you're getting revved up and going, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, we gotta hold off for a bit. And you train, you train as like, oh wait we're holding off even more and you're, was it three, four months later, then four. you're finally playing against playing that that's, that's rough. I, 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 no player from before can say that they've ever been through anything like this. And people that know me cliches drive me nuts, but there's one that I always have to go back to. And you know, better than anyone, there's no such thing as match fitness in this way. Like you, you have to either get it or you don't. You don't just train on your own and, and find it along the way. It's, it's got to come through these 90 minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been through it, you know, so many times. It's all about, you know, the actual game. You can be as fit as, as you want to be. You can run all the time. You can train, you know, all the time. You can have scrimmages all the time. But there is nothing that compares to actually being in a competitive match because now all of a sudden you're playing at a higher intensity and you're playing against people that are fighting just as hard as you and, and are throwing you for a loop every single time. All of a sudden, you know, you go on that 30 yard sprint, don't get the ball. And the guy that was defending you says, Hey, you know what? Well, you just took me back here. I'm going to take you to the other end. And he sprints and all of a sudden you're like tracking back defensively. So it, it, it's, it's tough. You got to be in the game to, to actually get match fitness, as you said. Of course. All right, Kobe, I know that the people that have probably read this synopsis before deciding to click on this podcast are screaming right now because they're saying, wait, you got the LAFC guy and you got the LA Galaxy guy in a room and now you guys are talking fitness. I don't care about fitness. <laughs> Give me the match, bro. So look, we're on the eve of... It's look, apologies to Cascadia. This is the best rivalry in MLS. We're on the eve of it. Where's your mindset at right now? Well, I, I think it's interesting, right? It's a little bit different because of that whole MLS is back thing. It kind of crept up on everybody that, oh, wait, this big game, you know, is happening. Uh, I, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one. You know, it's, it's always a battle. You, you know, this is, uh, you know, LAFC, a new team that's coming in against a, a team that has established itself. And then there's the rivalry that's built up from before. You know, that's the funny thing. Before, the t- for, before LAFC even got into the league, the rivalry was going, the smack talking was going. And a lot of it, most of it from the LAFC fans, which a lot of the Galaxy fans are going, what are you talking about? You guys aren't even in the league yet. But you know what? That built up this rivalry to being the best there is right now that everybody wants to see this game. And, 
you know, you can talk about the history of it and everything and how it went about. It, it's it's become exciting. So this matchup, I'm excited to see with the with the level of stars that each team has. Yeah, I think when you talk the the history of it, it has been short, only six matches, but it's been amazing to watch. And the, the history is kind of almost the keys because for me, every match has been different. There's been really no way to predict it. Every time I go into it and I say, man, LAFC is on a roll. What, what are the Galaxy going to do here? And they throw us for a curveball. What's What's been kind of your vibe around these matches and how they've kind of played out? Well, I think it started off with a highlight with the uh, the Zlatan introduction. <laughs> I know all the LAFC fans, you know, have a yeah. heart attack every time, you know. That Turn comes down the about. volume for a second. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, isn't that what you want in sport? You know, I mean, it, it couldn't have been a better script for Zlatan to come in and have that type of introduction. It only stoked up the rivalry anymore. There's a lot of the talk of, oh, he's in LAFC's heads. There's a little bit of... Uh, a stress amongst the players anytime they play the Galaxy now. And then that whole series and then LAFC beating the Galaxy, going into the playoffs and all that, that that's fantastic. You know, so for me, when I look at this rivalry, and and this is one of the interesting things, and I'm, I'm going off topic a second here. I get hey, a lot it's, of people. It's our show, I, man. You go anywhere I know, you want. I know, I know. But a lot of people come up to me all the time and say, you know, oh, I used to be a Galaxy fan, but I'm LAFC now. It's closer to my home. I wanted to be part of something that was just starting out. And, and, I, and I love that. I think, that. I think that's great. I'm disappointed that people left Galaxy, whatever, but they want to be part of something new. Great. It's the fans that come up and go, oh, man, you're, you're Galaxy. Oh, I can't believe you. And they get angry. And I'm like, dude, I played on the team and you guys weren't even around. <laughs> you know? Right. I don't, you know, I don't have anything towards you guys you know you're you're new i'm gone you know you guys are you're new that's fine if you want to feel that way that's fine but don't expect me to get all riled up and go like you know that that's not my personality that that's not how i deal with it and you know you guys weren't around when i was playing the game so that's out there you know as as far as the rivalry i'm excited to see just like i said before the stars come up and see how this kind of builds um as we go into the future, you know, I would say for the galaxy, you know, it's time to start proving some stuff. Now you you've, you've had a few times, not only for different players, but also for the coaching staff. And this is the marquee game where you can, you know, kind of get your season, set your season, right. When you talk about proving stuff. So I, I, I'm obviously an LFC guy, right? You wore the yeah. colors of the galaxy. Uh, I, you know, somewhat wore the colors, I guess, in a way as, as a writer, um, but I look at an LFC team and I see, even without Carlos Vela, I still see the LFC team I, I know and expect. When I watch this Galaxy team, I feel like I see a different team every week. Um, and, and I was actually, and I, you can tell me this, were you surprised coming into that, that first game against Portland? I mean, Guillermo Barros Scaloto is a, is a 4-3-3 guy. And now we have like a change of formation. So what, what are you seeing? Where's the identity? What is, what, when you say it's time to prove something, what is the identity of this team? Well, well, that's it. I would say there, there's a bit of an issue, you know, with the Galaxy right now. And we've seen it, you know, since uh, Scalotto has come into the side of trying to figure out the type of team that they're going to be. Now, what happens, LAFC hasn't gone through this yet, but Galaxy has gone through this in multiple cycles, is when you get a new coach, you know, they want to put their style on it. Now, the problem with the Galaxy over the past few years, they've had one coach, two coaches, you know, different coaches coming in. And not only at the coaching level, but at the staff and sometimes the front office, Change is happening. So everybody wants to put their imprint. So I think that's why you see a little bit of this uh, 
you know, disjointed feeling, you know, about the galaxy. As for Scalotto, I think he's trying to deal with what he has. And there are a few surprises that happen with the galaxy. You know, there's the unfortunate situa- situation with Katai and him being let go. So that kind of threw off, I think, how he was trying to play with two attacking wingers now. And then he comes in and he's got to figure out, okay, what's the best situation and formation for this team with the players that I got, given that I've lost some players. Now, what what he's trying to do is he's trying to bring up some young guys, you know, and I, I like some of the young guys that have come up, but I still do question, and I, and I think a lot of the fans do, when you have a player like Pavone, do you play him in an unnatural his unnatural position? You know, playing underneath side by side with Chicharito, and and that's a big question that's out there. So, look, it's it's a tournament. It's different. Scalotto's experimenting. I think this game will tell a lot more to see how he adjusts after seeing the performance from the last match. Ever the pro, because you gave me a perfect segue. I actually I want to change the the script a little bit, the rundown a little bit, um, because you you kind of touched on it. That's okay, because I don't even know where we are on the rundown anymore. No, no worries. <laughs> that's, that's why I got it pulled up for me. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at this in the, in the rundown. You know, we might be talking a little bit about, you know, Chicharito, but who's, who's kind of a bigger factor. And you brought up Christian Pavone a little bit, but I want to go in this direction. Bigger loss for either team, Carlos Vela or Jono Dos Santos? Because I look at that Galaxy team and I, I see that big Jono Dos Santos size hole. You, you tell me. I mean, losing 34 goals, you, Atlanta knows how hard that is. Um, but I just, yeah. I actually kind of lean towards Jonah. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And for, before everyone starts screaming out there, we're not talking about who's a better player or what position or different positions on. We're talking about how it affects the team. And, and you kind of mentioned it before LAFC, even without Vela, you still see that style of play and it's free flowing and attacking and they can create multiple chances and score goals. That's what, that's what uh, Bob Bradley and LAFC have done over there. So I think the loss of Vela, yeah, big, but I don't think it affects them as much as a loss of Jono Dos Santos because he is the engine of the LA Galaxy and the central part of that, that squad. And without Jonah, all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out and swing, okay, do I play three-player century? Do I play the 4-4-2? Is it a 4-3 and a diamond, an inverted diamond? You know, which, which way are you going to go to fill the energy that Jonah gets? You know, and I think, I don't think the Galaxy have found that yet. And we didn't see it in the first game. I think the absence of Joe Corona as well really hurt the Galaxy. Uh, but I think Jonah's, Jonah and his impact is exponentially so much more, you know, valuable to the Galaxy than Vela is to, to LAFC. Do you think if Jonah's there that, we, that he has enough wingers to play that 4-3-3 and we don't see this kind of change in tactics, change in formation? If Jonah's in there? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that you play a situation, uh, you know, now this is just me. I think you have Jonah in that central position. You have, s- the big question is going to be who plays with them centrally. I would like to see how we've seen the Galaxy in the near past play well with Jonah centrally, Joe Corona next to him, Sebastian Legette. Now there's a competitive midfield with any, you know, in the league. Then you have Christian Pavone, I like out wide because he's, he's much more dangerous out on the wing, on the flank, than he is playing inside underneath where I feel he gets a little bit lost. And then you can have like a, a Dunbar, you know, that is an up and coming, had some bright spots, had some, some low things, but you see the potential there. And 
and and this is key for a player like Dunbar is you only let him start you know a couple of games then you pull him out you need a bit of a break have someone in let them know that that's kind of the process and the plan beforehand and you can build into it so then you have two attacking wingers you have was have pace that keeps those outside backs back you have chicharito that can hold down two strikers i mean sorry two defenders easily and then you have a midfield that can pass combine and hold the ball in the opponent's uh, defensive third and that's what's needed to make a player like chicharito effective yeah, let's, let's just get right into Chicharito. Let's see if we can add anything to this conversation that everyone's been having since the league shut down. Um, I agree 100% with you. You can't, you can't have a guy like Chicharito who's, whose movement is world-class. I mean, that's what he does. His movement and then his ability to finish on the move, maybe one and two touch finishes. If you're a defender, and as good as his movement is, and, and we saw he was able to, to ghost by those Portland players, yeah. and it was like... <laughs> that was brilliant. He went from 10 yards away to, to the front post within zero to, you know, zero to 60 on that one, but... If, if they have the ability to just keep an eye on them and not be distracted by guys out wide or not be kind of drawn into the ball, is he going to see any kind of success? No, no. I, th- I think you'll see a little bit of what you saw at the beginning you know, of the season for the Galaxy where they were having a difficult time you know, holding on to the ball into, in the final third. And that was making it difficult for Chicharito. Chicharito was receiving the ball just past midfield. That's not where Chicharito needs to be. That's not where he's effective. He gets the ball out there. Defenders are like, okay, are you going to run at me? No. You know, you're going to pass it off and then you're going to come and run right to me. You know, and if it isn't effective, you know, out on the wings and holding the ball anywhere else, well, then you get lost. And I bet you if you ask Chicharito, he'd probably agree with you. He wants that ball held on one side of the field with the winger. Okay, he's in the box. Okay, it doesn't work there. It gets circulated back to the other side. That gives them, what, a good 10 seconds of Chicharito moving around and defenders checking over their back shoulder. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then if that doesn't go, back to the other side. By then, the defenders have lost him. He makes a move. He gets a goal. As you said, that Portland goal was absolutely brilliant. Perfect example of Chicharito inside the box and what he can do. So he gets his Portland goal. It's a bit of relief. He's obviously going to be up for this game. Is it a weird question to ask? Would it have been a better if he was still waiting for his first goal going into this game, or is it better to get out of the way? I, I think it needs to be out of the way because okay. that's the big monkey on his back as far as coming into the league. Now that pressure's off. Look, there's still pressure on Chicharito because he, he – look, this, this guy, he has played at Man United, Real Madrid, Bayern Leverkusen. I mean, he, uh, he's played all over. He's, he's Chivas, West Ham, Sevilla. So he understands how to motivate himself. He can find motivation, it, self-motivation and motivation off of the smallest things. He had one goal in this game against Portland. He should have had three. So he knows that he missed the goal that, that came at him right at the penalty spot, you know, once again, and the penalty kick that he missed. So he's motivated to say, okay, I've got to do more in this next game. I've got to finish off of the next one. And it just so happens it's going to be against LAFC. I can guarantee you he's thinking, if I score a goal or two or get a hat trick against LAFC, everyone's going to forget about all that other stuff. And I'm going to be very happy with myself. I have to stir the pot because I'm an LAFC guy. Do it. You're you're bi- you're a big personality. Let's say there's another penalty. I it's it's got to be Chicharito. I won't go that far to say like we should even start thinking it's someone else taking a penalty. But let's say he misses another one. Mm-hmm. What you're you're in that team. You're in that locker room. What do you do? You still believe in him? What starts to happen? 
Uh, well, there, there, there will be talk. There, there will be talk about should somebody else take it, but I don't think you can, you can do that. I don't think you can do that. You have to have uh, your, your DP, your star player, feeling confident. So if he now if he misses five in a row, okay, yeah, you, you wait. You is five it. the limit? <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> I'm saying if he misses five in a row, then you say, okay, it's psychological. You gotta you gotta let somebody else step up and take these. But look, he's he's. He's the star player. The last thing you want to do is knock his confidence down at all. He's got to be firing on all, on all cylinders. I, I'd love to say that with the regular – sorry, this, this comes off bad sometimes, but with the, the regular players, you know, for the most part, can keep you in a game and win you some games. The star players can – have you winning a game? Can let you win a game that you should have lost. That's the interesting thing about those DPS. That's the big part about it. They can make a difference in a game that you should have been losing. All of a sudden, they can take control of a game and have you winning the game at the end of the day. Well, I would argue in the history of this rivalry, it's those role players that have made the difference in games where the Galaxy have done better and they've been able to get it over. Look, obviously, Ibra. It's all about Ibra, 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 but. How much support did he get from his role players versus Carlos Vela just trying to do it on his own? I think we saw that LAFC players sometimes disappeared in matches. The guys that were expected to just kind of, they are always kind of even keel, right? Here's the LAFC back. Wait, wait, this is what happened. No. <laughs> Come on, man. You had some fantastic players that, that were playing in the game and maybe didn't, didn't do it at the time. But I would argue the same thing you know, with uh, the Galaxy. I think they kind of canceled each other out and it just became star against star trying to trying to figure it out. I mean, that LAFC, LAFC team is loaded. Let's be honest. You know, so that midfield that you guys got is absolutely brilliant. I look at some of the players, you know, that you're talking about. You got Atuesta in there, but for me, for that LAFC side that, that makes this team go, and maybe I'm, you know, it's a little bit telling on how I view the game. Blessing and K are it. That what they do for you, especially Blessing, he's like the Jonah Dos Santos, the amount of running that he does. And I would say more so with him, the amount of passes that he intercepts and cuts off are absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant for LAFC. And where he does it is important too. Pay attention to that, where he does it. He does it in the high points in the midfield, which allows LAFC to just come right back at you. And that's so difficult, you know, to, to really beat down. But, you know, when it comes down to it, yeah, okay. Vela, he's trying to do a lot on his own. And Zlatan does everything on his own. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the lion, he eats a load, you know, by, by himself. So I thought it was interesting times. Yeah, I mean, just I've, I think my bigger point is when I see this Galaxy team, especially in that first game, like you said, if those role players – kind of fill their spots that gives Chicharito the chance to do what he wants to do. Christian Pavone, the chance to do what he wants to do. And when they don't, you got, you're asking too much, man. Christian Pavone's not going to dribble 10 men, although he might, he just might. Uh, and, and Chicharito's not going to, not going to carry the ball from midfield all the way to, to the box and finish it off himself. But uh, I agree with you. You know, this is an Edward Atuesta uh, Stan account. I, lo- I love me some Edward Atuesta. He's El Profe to me. Uh, but I, I 100% agree with you in that midfield. Uh, yeah. The way that they react, you know, for all, for all the star power, it's about the way that they react in, in those moments. 
Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you 100% when you're talking about, I, I guess, you know, when we talk about role players, you know, who is a role player? Because for me, it's like Blessing and Kay. I think they're stars, you know, just as I can say, Bill Santos and Corona, you know, they're star star players. And I guess that tells us how we've, we've come along in MLS, you know, <laughs> where the level of what we're considering role players now. But it, if if one of the, between those two, if those guys don't show up, Mm-hmm. So it's a whole new game. It's a whole new ball game. Anything can happen. You find yourself in trouble. You find yourself on your heels because then you'll have that back line, especially struggling to take all the heat that's coming their way from the stars on both sides. Okay, so let's go from one hotly contested topic to another. Kobe Jones, are you on the record of saying that you like El Trafico, the name for this rivalry, or are you against it? I'm against it. I've always been against it. You know, I, I don't. I I never. You know, El Trafico, it's, I don't know. I, I know people love it and they put it down there. I, I don't like the name of it. I like, like, I prefer something like the Kings of LA, King of LA or something like that over El Trafico. It seems like a very uh, manufactured, you know, type name. Oh, LA has got a lot of freeways, uh, traffic, Trafico. There we go. You know, so yeah, not a fan of that one. <laughs> well, that's the, that's really the only reason we're here. We're actually here to just woodshed this name. All the rest of the stuff was all window dressing. Yeah. So me and you are going to figure it out right now. I mean, I'm I would love the- to hear other people's opinions on what they think should be, uh, an, if they like El Trafico or so, if there should be some other name going on. I think if you like El Trafico, you probably don't live in Los Angeles. Um, and not just for the actual real El Trafico, but for the yeah. name El Trafico. Um, you know, I'm on the record saying I don't like the name very much either, but also... Don't come at me with just Super Classico, El Classico. Just get, please, God, give me something better than that. Because if you're telling me that El Trafico is bad, but that's what you want in return, I, I'm out. You, you Just right. play the game. <laughs> Don't call it anything then at that point. Um, I, li- I like where you're going, though, with Kings of something or Hollywood or lyrics, something like that. I, 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 think we're yeah, both, I, I think we would probably both agree this. It needs yeah. to be organic, and maybe, maybe we just don't call it anything for a couple of years. Yeah, kind of let it let it grow from what people tend to call it. I mean, stamping a name on it, you know. I I, I don't know. I don't even. I'm not even sure where that came from. If it was from, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, somebody's mind in the league. Let's call it El Trafico, you know, for the rivalry week, you know, something something like that. So. Uh, not for me. I would like to see, you know, if we get some responses here from people, just what what would be a good name for it? You know, just if it's the LA rivalry, you know, just start with that for right now. You know, <laughs> that's something simple. And like you said, just organically grow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's anecdotally, but I've, I've literally not talked to somebody that is super passionate about El Trafico. And if they are, it's because they hate it. They just absolutely hate it. And that's players and coaches included. Oh yeah, I, I I didn't like it amongst the the years that I I'd heard about it when it first came up, you know, from years before. I mean, there's always seems to be it always seems to be like traffic in all these different rivalries in the different sports, you know, <laughs> within Los Angeles. And it's I agree with you 100. percent It's usually people from outside saying, "Oh yeah, let's call it a traffic series or something like that." No, I'm not I'm not feeling that one at all. Um, yeah, traffic is not for me. I think we move on and call it something else. And I literally haven't been in my car in four months. So is there traffic anymore? Does <laughs> it exist? Do we still have freeways? There's, there's no traffic right now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, Kobe, we've, you've been uh, awesome with me on this, uh, on the rivalry. Uh, but now I'm going to really put you on the spot. Uh, we're going to call this uh, five shots, no chaser, rapid fire questions to Kobe Jones. Uh, are you ready? 
I am ready. How long do I get to answer them? Are these just like yes and no questions or what? Uh, you don't have to go yes or no, but give give me the answer right away. Don't don't hem and haw. Get right to okay. the point. All I can right? give it to you. I'll give it to you. Don't you worry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, okay. Real Madrid wins the title after a three-year drought. Was it all Zidane's doing? Yes. Without a doubt. You saw before when Zidane was there, they're winning. He leaves. They're not winning anymore. He comes back. They win again. That tells me that he's a good man manager. Now, we've heard stuff about he's not the greatest coach, you know, and like tactics and stuff. But you don't need that at that level. You've got the, the best. Think about it. The best players in the world. All you got to do is manage the personalities. And Zidane does that brilliantly. How do you do this? And you segue into my next question, because the next question is, what does Barca do about Messi? Talk about managing a guy. Yeah. What, what, what Barcelona does about Messi? Well, they let Messi do whatever he wants. Now, you have a player like that. You've got to let him flow. And, and look, I'm joking a little bit, but you do have to give him a little leeway. And he has been the star for you for as long as I can remember. And he's still at the top of his game. So and still performing. So you know, make the man happy. Give him what he wants. Give him the players that he wants and needs. He can give you another four, three, four years at least. You know, challenge for the title. I saw a great graphic that FIFA put up. It was Messi, Kaká, Cristiano Ronaldo from 2009. They said these are your elite stars. Two of those guys still doing it. Still doing amazing, it. right? <laughs> Absolutely uh, amazing. All right, uh, Chucky Lozano. Time to leave Italy, and if so, where? Yes, he does need to leave Italy. Gattuso, definitely, he's, he's on the, the naughty list over there, so he's got to find a way to go. I'm thinking he leaves Italy. He comes to MLS to the Galaxy. Galaxy have some money to spend, and they need a winger. <laughs> How much money do they have to spend is what, is what we're asking here. All right, we will, I won't labor on that one. We could do a whole show on that topic. Okay, uh, Christian Pulisic found his mojo. Yes, yes he has found his mojo at Chelsea. He's been absolutely brilliant. He he started off great, had a little bit of a slump, but now he's come back into his zone. And you, you can see his movement is brilliant. And and what I love more than anything else is his when he has the ball at his feet, how he can make defend put defenders on their heels, make them drop, pull off of their defenders, and opens up the game. I think he's really getting into it. Seems to be much more confident and comfortable at Chelsea. All right, you're burying these so far. So we're into the final final one. I'm direct. I got you. <laughs> yeah. R- Rodolfo Pizarro. He's looked pretty good for Miami. The results haven't quite come. You tell me which Liga MX star has come from, from down south, come to MLS, and fared the best in your mind. We're going straight to the Columbus crew for Lucas Zelarayan. He has been fantastic. Fantastic. And now he's on a team that maybe doesn't get as much attention and shine as like Miami or LAFC or the Galaxy, but he's been brilliant. And what I like about it is that he's on a team that is very strong, a team that likes to allow uh, players to do to do what they want in the attack, you know, and that that's going to help him a lot. And it's, the team is solid. They performed well. They're good all the way around. So you're going to see him do more and more during the run of play, but especially if you can p- keep putting in those free kicks like he did, you know, hey, Google it, Google it. Zella Ryan's free kick. That was ooh, fantastic. Something you, you got to love. I love where you went with that. Cause I was going to go Alan Polito. Cause I, I just, I love me a forward that can do it all. But I, I really like where you went with that. Cause I, 
it's Columbus. So maybe I just forgot that he existed. See, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. People don't think about Columbus and they're like, uh, and then all of a sudden you watch the team play and you're just like, wow, they got some talented players on there, you know, and Zello to Ryan, they've got Jossie Zardes. So the the attack force is looking pretty good. Well, you've done an amazing job. I did okay. I was okay for my first. <laughs> you did fantastic, man. You got this thing flowing. This is great. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Well, we're out. Me and you are out, but you are going to be back soon because Liga Amekis is back. It starts July 25th with Cholos versus Atlas on Fox Sports and Fox Sports Deportes. Of course, the great Kobe Jones will be there with Adrian Garcia Marquez. Kobe, this has been amazing, man. I can't wait to do this again. Yep, this is going to be this is going to be good. I mean, people got to look out for it. We'll be doing this constantly, keeping people informed. All right, everybody. That was the first one. Nowhere to go but up from here, but I'm going to say that's pretty good. So we'll catch you guys again soon. <laughs> Love it. This was an Air Game Digital production. For more, go to goldtecker.com.